covenant between me and the earth. to welcome everybody to Sunday school this morning say it's good to be here um, I thought this morning as we was driving um, Haven was back in there and um, they was excited about coming to Sunday school to sing and I thought how I'm so excited that my kids are excited about coming to church and about Sunday school and they get to learn and uh, I'm just it's just a blessing to be here and I'm looking for a good day and hopefully uh, hopefully somebody will accept the Lord today but uh, we'll ask uh, Mike Nichols to dismiss Sunday school
it's good to be here. Appreciate uh, everybody for coming out. Brother Carl asked me a week or two ago, uh, but actually he asked me about teaching last week, and I knew I was going to be gone. Uh, we were gone down to Crouches Creek uh, with Dad and Son. So anyway, I told him I'd try to teach this week. So great lesson today. Uh, we're in Galatians. Uh, the fifth chapter is where our lesson is. Our lesson actually uh, in the book, the lesson is uh, verses 16 through 26. So book of Galatians, uh, one of 13 books. Some people credit Paul with writing Hebrews. I think that's a question of whether Paul actually wrote the book of Hebrews or not. But if you don't count Hebrews, 13 books uh, that it's clear that Paul uh, was the author of uh, all in the New Testament. Galatians is one of those. Uh, to me, I think the special thing about Galatians, other than what it says, and we'll talk about you know, who, the, who the, uh, the intended audience was when Paul was originally writing it and what the purpose was, but the book of Galatians was the first book, the first letter that Paul wrote that is in the Bible. Uh, and so, obviously, they don't go chronologically in the order that they show up uh, in the New Testament. But the book of Galatians was, uh, and again, that's just history, but uh, I did some, some reading on that, and I believe that's accurate. So I thought that was kind of uh, neat, uh, the first letter that he wrote, and then he went on to write so many. The book of Galatians was written in 49 A.D., uh, and we were talking about Romans maybe a month or a month and a half ago. That was written somewhere around 56 or 57 A.D. So the book of Galatians, probably about eight years before Paul wrote the book of Romans. Uh, of course, everybody knows where Galatia is at, right? I mean, everybody, you know, that's on your list of places you want to go on vacation to. Right? I think Neil's going on a cruise there or something. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, does anybody know where Galatia uh, is located? It's obviously not a country. It's not a, a place that's today still called Galatia. Does anybody know where it is? It's in the country of Turkey. Uh, it's actually up around where the capital of Turkey, uh, where it sits now, would have been in this region that at the, at the time Paul wrote this uh, was referred to as Galatia. So he writes this letter to the Galatians. So, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on, on this, but I, I did feel like mentioning it. So the purpose, the, the, the backdrop and the general reason that Paul writes this letter to Galatia is in this early church, there is a real controversy. There, there were actually two of them. The first one was kind of pushed down the road and became part of the second controversy, but it really created a problem in the church, uh, the, you know, the, the folks that we know as apostles, they were really divided on this issue. And people that were good, uh, good people, saved people, believed in Christ, they were really divided. And it was about circumcision. It was about what do, the, the first issue was, should we go preach to the Greeks at all? All right. 
And they decided, well, yeah, that's okay, Paul. If you really feel strong enough and you've got it in your heart to go preach to them, and, and, and we, we're okay with that. You go right ahead. But then after Paul goes and preaches to the Greeks and a bunch of them start getting saved, then this issue comes up and the folks that have been raised Jewish and have come up under the law and believe in circumcision, even those folks that have now believed in Christ, they start saying, well, hold on a minute. They can't be part of the church. They haven't been circumcised. They're not following the old law. So there's this, there's this real controversy. And that was that later uh, they had kind of a conference and that was resolved. And the resolution was, no, you don't have to be circumcised. And a lot of that was because of Paul's position on it. And he was, he, and, and rightfully so, he advocated that that's not required. And he even says back, I think, in the first chapter of Galatia, if you're wanting people to still be under the law, it's not just circumcision. You're in debt to the whole thing. It's either the law or it's grace. It can't be some mixture that brings salvation. Uh, and, and made some great points. Um, so the reason I bring that up, I don't know of anything right now in our church that's this way but it's pretty important not to make things harder than they have to be uh, and what what well, what do you mean by that we shouldn't create hurdles from our mind or from uh, traditions or from anything else and say well you've got to do that in order to really be following God uh, and uh, you know, following God uh, is hard enough, but we shouldn't create artificial things that, that aren't biblical. I guess is what I'm saying, and put those out there and say, well, you've got to, well, you, yeah, you, you know, you came forward and, and made a good testimony, and we all felt the Lord in you, but you didn't, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, we shouldn't do that. I don't think we do that here. But if you're ever in a situation like that, think back to this. Uh, because that's really what was what was going on here, uh, being attempted. Okay, so I guess that's enough as far as uh, on the backdrop uh, of this. So I thought about how to approach this lesson a couple of different ways, and I think I'll do this. Um, I wasn't really sure, but I, I just kind of feel like maybe this is the best way to approach this. I want to jump down to verse 21. Um, and we're going to, I'm going to read verse 21, we'll talk about it briefly, and then we'll go back to the beginning. All right. So Paul is listing the different things uh, that are uh, manifest through the flesh, and we'll get down here to 21. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past. Now this is what I wanted to get to that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you've got your pen with you and your notepad, you're going to want to write all this down because there's quite a list here, all right? So Paul's given them a list of all the things. If you've ever done one of these things, you can't inherit the kingdom of God, all right? Everybody with me? There's quite a list. Huh? Yeah, there, there's quite a list. 
I mean, boy, I'm glad. I, I mean, I've never been drunk, I'm, and that's on here. Let me see, idolatry, that's looking at, you know, putting something before God. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings. You ever envied somebody else? You know, somebody gets a new car, and you think, man, I wish I had me one of those. Well, I sure hope nobody's ever done that, because that's on this list here. Uh, and such the like. Uh, so... Anyway, you're going to want to make a list. Obviously, I'm, I'm being sarcastic, all right? Uh, but easy to misinterpret what this is saying, all right? So let's go back and read the lesson now. I want to point out that in the first verse of chapter 5, and I'll go get it, and then we'll jump back down to 16. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now remember, he's writing in the, in the backdrop of this as they're talking about do people have to still follow the law in order to be part of the church. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. So he's saying right there that there, there's no profit in circumcision if you've followed Christ. So, but he's talking to the church. He's talking to saved people. So it's important to get that uh, because be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Uh, and he's telling them that they've got liberty. So these are people that have been saved and are part of the church. And that's who this is being directed to. So let's go get uh, verse 16 now and we'll kind of work our way through this and get back down to verse 21. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, obviously, in order to, again, this is confirming what I just said. He's talking to people that have been saved. People that are not saved cannot walk in the Spirit. The only way they can get there is to be saved and then follow God. No matter how good that you try to be, you can't live good enough to obtain salvation. You can't live good enough to satisfy the Spirit without grace. You've got to have grace. And so he starts right off here at this, this part, the first part of the lesson, and he's saying, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth, now, and I realize that we use the word lust, and it properly so, a lot of times meaning a sexual attraction towards somebody else. It also just means a real strong desire, and that's the use of the word lust here. So I just wanted to make sure that you understand that. For the flesh has the strong desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So what's he saying? There's a battle that goes on every day. Every day since I've been saved, there's been a battle that has gone on in this man. And there's a, it's a fight, all right? And, you know, some days 
that inward man is is successful. And some days the guy you're looking at, this this you know carnal man, is is the guy who wins. All right. And now, I hope that that guy on the inside is victorious most of the time. I want him to be, but they're waging a battle against each other, and they don't want what the other one wants. It, it's uh, it, it's it's a war, warfare, and everybody I think understands what I'm talking about. But if I give in to what this man, the guy you're looking at, if I give in to what he wants. There are consequences to that. And that's what this whole lesson is about. If you don't get anything else out of this lesson, Paul is writing here the same thing that our preachers still preach today. Get saved and then live for the Lord. That's what, that's what he's, he's trying to tell them. All right? So does anybody have any comments before we go on? But if you be led, this verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. So you know, once we're saved, our soul is, and that's, Paul, that's what Paul's telling them, it's through grace. We can't live good enough. There's nothing we can do. We're not required to go through that law that, that they were required before Jesus came. All right? And there was a requirement there that that old you know that old law that you can go back there and read in, in Leviticus, boy, I mean it was strict. They had you know sacrifices that they had to make, and they had a lot of things. So, is is Paul saying here that we can take them Ten Commandments down and we don't have to worry at all about what we do anymore? I mean, you hear some people accuse Baptists. Of, of being that way. Well, you're one of them Baptists. You're one of them e eternal salvation guys. You believe you can just be saved and then go do whatever you want to. Is that what we believe? My soul is going to be okay. Even if I went off and did whatever I wanted to. But what about this guy? How many times do you get saved? Our soul gets saved once. I believe in eternal salvation. I don't believe we can lose it. Is there a second saved there that, that we can obtain? What are you talking about, Blaine? Well, what I'm talking about is when I follow God in my daily life, there is a blessing and blessings for this natural man that you're looking at. The, the rules, the law, the rules, are set up to keep us out of trouble and to keep us close to God now after we've been saved. So is that law, can we just throw it out? Well, no, we can't just throw it out. It's important. We still need to do some things, and that's what Paul's trying to tell them here. But it isn't unto salvation. It's to keep us in a spot where we can commune with God on a regular basis. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. You can look and see them. Manifest just means 
They're obvious, okay? The works of the flesh are obvious. We all could name off this list if you say, well, what, you know, what following the flesh, what will it get you? We could name this list. Paul writes some things down here. This is not an exhaustive list, okay? This isn't every single thing. But Paul is writing to Galatia, and he's writing some things that he knows about them, and he's trying to tell them, here's some things you need to be careful of, okay? He, he does a very similar list that has some few different things over in Corinthians and says some of the same things, okay? So Paul, and that was in a later letter, obviously, but he writes some different things. But it's obvious that if we follow the desires of the flesh, we will get ourselves in trouble. I will get myself in trouble. And I think everybody else will. All right? And that's what Paul's telling them here. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. They're obvious. Which are these? He's saying, here they are. Adultery. And so these first four are all dealing with sexual activity. Okay? So these, we'll talk about these first four, and then we'll move on. Adultery. I don't think I need to define that. Everybody understands what adultery is. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. So adultery, you've got somebody that's married and they're involved in a sexual relationship with somebody not their spouse, that's adultery. All right. Fornication, two people that aren't married having an improper sexual relationship before marriage, that's fornication uncleanness now what paul means here by uncleanness is any improper sexual activity all right which could mean a whole lot of things uh, i mean you can basically get the newspaper out or look on tv or the internet and you can make yourself a long list of things that would would qualify for that and then lasciviousness is just uh let me see i i think i wrote down uh lack of control and, and I liked this one because I, I thought wow this one is a sliding scale based upon this definition but beyond the moral code of society that's the def that's one of the definitions of lasciviousness well the moral code of society the moral code that we've got in our society I don't know if there is anything that would qualify as lasciviousness because I, I mean just about anything goes seems like but I, I thought in reading this lesson, and he wrote this in 49 AD, and here we are in 2022, and these same things are running rampant. And so it's clear that man following what the flesh wants is still leading down the same road and probably the same list of things going on now maybe that were going on back then are very similar. Okay. so. Um, so again works of the flesh and, and Paul just said right up here let's be led by the spirit not the flesh because here's what where the flesh will lead you okay so that's, that's those first four things there anybody have any comments I appreciate your attention uh, and desire your prayers as I continue here so verse 20 idolatry and witchcraft so we'll just stop right there those two kind of go together and then the rest of them uh, kind of fit together as well so idolatry uh, putting something before god 
Okay. Uh, now, that obviously could be a statue, but in my life, uh, idolatry hasn't come in the form of me creating a statue or going out and praying to a tree or or praying, you know, to the sun, the, the, the natural sun. But that's happened some in my life. It has? Well, sure. It's probably happened in yours too. Anytime we put anything in front of God, that's idolatry. All right. Now, we may not necessarily bow down and pray and say, okay, God of the tree, uh, you know, do this or that. I mean, I don't think anybody would do that. But if we put something is more important and we put it in front of God in our life, that's idolatry. All right. So, and that's easy to do. I've been there. I've done that, you know, before. I hope I don't, but I may do it again at some point. And if I do, I hope I realize it real quick and get that behind me because I don't want to do that. Uh, but it's easy to do. Witchcraft, um, I, you know, there's always been some of that. There are people, I just read in, uh, I think it was maybe yesterday or the day before, that a federal judge in the state of Florida uh, has granted a, uh, a petition and a lawsuit, and the atheists are going to be granted a holy day because the schools in Florida... Uh, recognize and give a day off for Easter for people that believe in Christ. And so in order to be fair, the judge felt like he needed to grant them a holy day so that they could have a day off for people that don't believe in Christ, that don't believe in anything. And so, uh, you know, you can have fairness to the, to the extent of absurdity. Uh, and it's, it's pretty scary in our world now that and, and, and you got to listen sometimes to what they're talking about, but it, it really is kind of scary that uh, your perspective of the truth, if you listen to what the world is trying to tell us, every single person in here and every single person throughout the world all has their own truth, and everyone's truth should be recognized equally, irregardless of the fact that it isn't really the truth. It has nothing to do with the truth. It's their opinion. But what they're trying to do is say everybody's opinion is actually their version of the truth, which is absurd. There is a truth, and then there is things that are not true. Uh, but if we treat everybody's opinion as if it is true, then we lead to some of the absurdities that we're living with in our society today. So, uh, so... Paul is telling them here, don't have other gods before God. And in, in witchcraft or following uh, strange spirits, uh, trying to do things and put that in front of God, obviously uh, a bad way to go. I think we all recognize witchcraft. If somebody came in here and said, well, gee, I think, you know, you know let's, let's follow witchcraft, we would be upset about that. But back to that idolatry, it's pretty easy for us sometimes to get something more important in our mind or our heart than, than God. But we shouldn't. We should keep him first. And then, then the, the next part of verse 20 here, he goes on into uh, this list, uh, goes on and deals with the way that we treat each other. Okay? And so as, as brothers and sisters in the church, 
he's saying here are some things that you shouldn't do with regard to each other hatred all right that's that's a pretty easy one shouldn't hate bill bill shouldn't hate me all right that's easy enough so hatred uh, variance which is hostility so even if if I don't hate Bill I shouldn't be hostile toward him okay um, emulation is jealousy all right if you see somebody else as being successful where wherever whatever we shouldn't you know it's okay to go boy Neil got a, a, a car Man, I like that car. That is great. Congratulations. I'm happy for you that you get. That's all good. But I shouldn't be going, man, Neil got a car. How come he got that? I deserve that more than he does. You know, he, you know, he shouldn't have got that. I should have got that. No, I know we kid with that type of, you know, thing a little bit. But, I mean, if you really feel that way, then that's improper. We should want our brother or our sister to be doing great. You know, and if they're doing great and we're struggling, we should be happy for them that they're doing great. All right. So we shouldn't have that, that feeling of jealousy uh, there. Wrath. I think everybody understands. I mean, wrath is, again, uh, anger. Uh, strife is conflict amongst each other. Uh, sedition is inciting resistance that's unlawful and encourage so within the church it would be you know trying to incite or get somebody stirred up to go against what the teachings of the church are or to go against what what the good of things is and so you can probably think about that you know if you get in a group of people and get them all worked up telling them you know half truths or you know even if it's all true but you're encouraging them to do the wrong thing shouldn't do that uh, and then Heresy, just wrong doctrine, uh, you know, stating wrong things. And if I got up and said, you know, salvation isn't eternal, uh, we can fall from grace, uh, so we all better be real careful, well, that would be heresy. Uh, that would be teaching something that's not correct, because obviously that, that, that isn't correct. And so uh, when I started off earlier, when I read verse 21, I thank everybody I hope everybody understood that I was being sarcastic when I said you better make your list here of all the things that you can't do in order to be saved and so uh, so we get then uh, to, to verse 21 uh, envyings again uh, longing for what your brother has murders obviously drunkenness and reveling uh, now this reveling some of the the commentary said that at this time Galatia had a, a festival that they would do every year uh, in their community and a bunch of them would get drunk and it would lead into you know very improper uh, activity uh, it was a festival that would last you know all night long and a bunch of them would get drunk and would lead to improper sexual behavior between a lot of them that could be I don't know uh, but again I look at this list and I think man Paul could have had a time machine and been looking forward at the United States of America in 2022 
because you know a list of things that we can just look around real easy and see examples of every one of these things okay um, so does anybody have any questions before I go on here about the activity that he lists that are uh, manifest obvious that uh, occur if you follow the flesh and again please understand Paul did not mean this to be an exhaustive list because obviously we can think of some other things that we could add to this list but it's a pretty good pretty good uh, admonition a pretty good warning of following the flesh but does anybody have any comments or questions at this point all right so keep in mind now as we get into verse back to verse 21 Paul's talking in, in this letter to the church people that are saved okay envyings murder drunkenness revelings and such like of the which I tell you before as I also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God well did Paul not believe in eternal life he's talking to people that are saved well if you look over in Romans 6 I think I got it on my phone here which was another uh, scripture that, uh, that Paul wrote later this was Romans 6 23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord so Paul believes in eternal life what's he talking about Well, there's two of us, all right? And he's talking to saved people here. So he's talking to people that have Christ in their soul, all right? I've got Christ in my soul. I've got the kingdom right now in my soul, all right? Who all is in the kingdom every minute, every day since you've been saved? In the flesh well I'm not I can't raise my hand now my soul it is but if we want to get to the place where we can worship and be in the kingdom we've got some things we've got to do we've got to walk by the spirit and not by the flesh so I want to turn over to Matthew 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 12 No, I think I may have got the wrong one. Hold on just a minute here. Sorry about that. Let me maybe I've got it on my phone. Yeah, it's Matthew 6. I apologize. Had a couple different scriptures written down there. Matthew 6 9 through 13. So this is where Christ is teaching his disciples to pray. And I believe, other than Judas, I believe that they were all saved. All right, he's talking to his disciples at this point. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And that's where I want to stop, right there. 
My soul is in the kingdom once it's saved. It's part of it and can't be pried away from it. But in order for me to get to the place where I can worship and be in the kingdom in this man, there's some things I've got to do. And I've got to walk after that spirit, not after the flesh. So I think what Paul is teaching here back in Galatians is if you walk after the flesh and you get your life in such a mess doing these things that are ungodly, you will definitely affect your being able to worship and be in the kingdom with God. Uh, David messed up. King David really messed up. And if you look back over in Psalms, I think it's Psalms 51, he said, he made a prayer and he asked for several things, but this was after he had committed adultery, he had certainly lusted, and he had committed murder. All right, so several of the things that are on this list, but he asked God. He didn't say, God, save me again. He said, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and don't take your spirit away from me David understood boy I've been in that spot since I've been saved where I haven't been where God wanted me and there's no communion I can't feel his spirit at all bad place to be uh, but there's a way for us to get back to that but we can't be living the old saying you can't live like the devil all week and then come in and sing oh how I love Jesus on Sunday morning and really sing it now you could grab the book and say the words but you can't really sing it you're not going to get anywhere so that's what I think verse 21 is saying here now does anybody have any comments or maybe somebody's got a different uh, thought on it and that's fine Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. So he makes a comparison here of, of where we can be in our life. And I, it's such a great comparison. And this is to people that are saved. You get saved, you've got a choice. I asked earlier, can you be saved more than once? Well, certainly the soul is saved one time. But God can save our life if we will follow what he wants. Does that mean that it's going to be perfect? No. But we can grow in him. We can commune with him. We can worship. He will lead us. And we can have an influence over our people if we'll follow the spirit and follow him instead of the lust of the flesh remember the flesh and the spirit it's a warfare they're battling they're they're button heads they're really going at each other all the time um, and so paul gives you a great comparison here really paints a picture for the people of galatia of what their options are last part of verse 23 there I'll just read it all meekness temperance 
Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And so I think that he's making it clear. Now, to have salvation, same thing. And and you can certainly apply this verse here to salvation and say, well, you've got to trust in Christ. You've got to put that behind you. You've got to make him number one. And certainly that all works. But then to stay in him and be in the place where we're supposed to be, we've got to crucify this flesh. Uh, There's another scripture, and I'm not sure exactly where it might be in Romans, but Paul said, or maybe Corinthians, but he said, I die daily. It's a daily warfare. We've got to try to put this man in the back and follow the spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Well, if we live in the Spirit, I think that means if we have been saved, if we're born again, we've got life in that Spirit, our soul does, then let us walk in that. We've got something to do after we're saved in order to stay where we can commune with God. And if we don't, then we can end up on this list of things that the flesh wants. But if we will stay and follow God, then we can, we're alive in that spirit and we can walk in that spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So he writes a great letter to the people in Galatia and he's telling them, You've got two options. You can really be together and unified as a community, as a church community if you'll follow the Spirit. And if you don't, you're going to have problems, and it's going to create problems for you personally. It's going to create problems with your church, and it's going to definitely affect uh, your testimony. So that's all I've got. Uh, does anybody have any, any comments or any questions this morning? That's biblical. Yeah. That's good, Betty. Thank you. Bill. saved your soul's still saved but god can save your life your life will be so much better Uh, and again doesn't mean that that's good anybody else i appreciate the comment
You know, there's liberty in being saved or free from so much. But there's the flesh wants to run right back and jump back into that. But, you know, we've got the ability, uh, and I, you know, I've heard Dad in times past uh, talk about the comedian from years ago would say the devil made me do it. You know, that was kind of his joke. He, you know, he'd get into trouble and then he'd, he'd say, "Well, the devil made me," and everybody kind of laugh. But the devil's got no control over us. We've got control. We're able to stay out of that. We've just got to choose to do it. It sounds easy when you say it, but you know when you're walking it day by day, it's not as easy. But I will say this: if we establish that we're not going to, you know, establish good habits, and we're not going to do that, and it's not a question in our mind: should I or shouldn't I on a daily basis? It gets easier. So the things that we do can certainly, day to day, can affect how we, we walk. Uh, but it's still not easy. But Christ will help us. Any other comments? Good. I had to, I actually had that written down, and I just I just never did feel like reading it. But that was one of the the verses that I had, and that's a great scripture. And that's Galatians two and twenty. If you want to go back and read that, but yeah, Paul he kind of summed up the whole letter to Galatia in that one verse. But I appreciate that. Anybody else? heard dad say this so many times but as long as 